0: Hey there! Welcome to the show. Well, I uh, I wonder how everybody's doing. You know, it's here we are, we're winding down the summer, and a lot going on, obviously, in the world of real estate. So it's going to be a Real busy day today. Just so you know, I've got a great list of guests joining me this hour. Bryn Lackey, she's a columnist at the Toronto Sun as well as a licensed realtor, you know, on the ground doing the business. So Bryn's going to be joining me. I've got Dave Butler from BM Select. And of course, Dave's my go-to guy talking about mortgages and what we can anticipate. And a special guest, he's joined me numerous times here on the show, Mr. Benjamin Tall. He is the deputy chief Economist at CIBC World Markets. So great lineup uh, this week, so you don't want to miss out on any of it. And, you know, I I haven't been able to really get in a rant lately, and I definitely want to do that today because with the changing of the market, I think that uh, I think we need to be first and foremost reporting correctly and uh for those of you that you know do tune in i you know i get some of the comments where people say yeah todd you're just a pro real estate guy always wanting to sell stuff actually i don't want to always sell stuff i am a landlord as you know as at the simple investor and uh look we've we've got thousands of properties that uh, we help manage uh throughout ontario and one of the things that we recognize are you know taking care of tenants and how important it is and right now this market i'm going to tell you is is i Horrible, horrible market for people that want to rent and I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into that in a second And I do want to talk about you know, obviously interest rates and what's it doing? to the actual ownership of properties what people are selling for and a lot of the misinformation that's floating around because I gotta tell you I'm really really struggling with it You know, I mentioned before about a report that came out and you know, they're talking about the, the market dropping by 40% and of course that was alluding more towards inventory being sold, meaning that the number of listings, right? And this is this is one of those things that, you know, when somebody says, hey, the market dropped by forty percent, you know, you gotta you gotta take take a step back. You can't always listen to the radio, the TV, and everything that comes out is, you know, chapter verse. You know, we, we we've gotta use some some serious thinking for a second and so one of the questions i ask people a lot is the fact that so the bank of canada the day before they raised the interest rates by one percent okay which is a really significant change and and we get this all the time when i buy apartments and and buildings and townhouse complexes you know lenders they all of a sudden turn around and they they start talking about cap rate because it's all about income I need to ask you one important question. I want you to think about this all the time when we start going through some of these you know, interest rate increases, you know, what is the value of the brick and mortar that you ha- you have surrounding you? You know, did, did the bank of Canada actually structurally change the brick and mortar surrounding you by a value? And you see there's where I struggle sometimes with some of these markets, some of these reports that, you know, everybody says, Oh, you know, your house is worth less today because the Bank of Canada raised it by 1%. Well, how is that even possible? You know, the labor didn't change. In fact, you know, labors have gone up. This is one of the reasons why the Bank of Canada is throwing out the interest rate increases. You know, we've got inflation. So what, what does that mean? Well, inflation normally has, you know, cost of goods. We talk about labor. So if the actual hardcore real estate that exists today um, is sitting there, and then somebody says interest rates go up by 1%. That means it should be worth less. Well, how does that actually work? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me when that happens because I look at it and I say, well, okay, but that brick is still going to cost the same, you know, today as it did yesterday. And in fact, it might even cost more because, you know, inflation and, and if people have to borrow money to build it. So does that not make more sense? So this, this whole panic and I'm talking about the panic of the market and the, the panic in the mindset of the market is because a lot of people turn around and they say interest rates go up so that means values go down. Well I disagree because here's the thing what happens when interest rates go down uh, you know call it a year from now because you know interest rates aren't always gonna stay up you know they'll go up and then they'll come down they'll go up and they'll come down. It's a seesaw battle. So what's going to happen? So the next day, your house is going to be worth $100,000 more because interest rates went down by a quarter of a point. I mean, you know, these are the kind of things that I think that us as consumers need to take a hardcore look at. And maybe not buy into the narrative of the control that we have with the federal government, provincial governments, and the actual Bank of Canada. I mean, they're telling us what we need to perceive as value. Yeah, and I get it. You know, a lot of times people will say value is taking it to the open market when you have a willing buyer, a willing seller. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's transactional. We We got that point. But what about the people that are hanging on to it you know when you sit in your house and somebody says well your house is worth less than it 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 was yesterday does that even make sense yeah like you didn't plan on selling you didn't plan on moving so why is it worth less i mean it's still your house it's still the same brick and mortar so these are the kind of things that i think that you know when we talk about real estate true brick and mortar real estate and again i'm not going to talk about speculators you know people that are doing that And they turn around and try to catch the wave well you know what if you get caught good for you because you know what real estate should not be a speculative play it should be a long-term hold these are important things you know the value of a tenant long term the value of home ownership long term the value of family long term these are the kind of things that really real estate you know truly shows value when we went through covid you know in the very very beginning days i think everybody all of a sudden realized how important their house was you know, and I talked in length about this, where why did real estate go up in value? And this was even before the interest rates started to go down. This was the fact that people all of a sudden recognized how important having a house is and then them actually adding to their house. So instead of spending, you know, $20,000 going down to Florida for a family vacation, they turned around and they put it into, you know, a, a rec room in the basement or, you know, a new hot tub out back. So these are the kind of things that when we talk about real estate and real estate values, truly your value is not decreasing at the level that the perceived you know people that are out there selling or the speculators had to throw into the market so i just wanted to caution people because when we talk about these kind of things i think it's very important that you know that your brick and mortar did not change it was this perception and perception is a dangerous thing when we take a look at you know some of the material costs of things because Again, you know what, the labor didn't change, the brick didn't change, the mortar didn't change. So what did change? The perception? Well, you know, I get it. It cost a little bit more to buy it. And not just a little bit more. You know, when we talk about interest rates, you know, we have to take a look at how many people are affected by this interest rate change. So I need to go backwards just for a second and I just want to share some numbers with you because we need to take a look at the numbers. So back in 2018, when people were taking five-year fixed mortgages, you know, they were floating around, right around 4%, you know, 3.5%, 4%. This was pretty much normal in 2018. And the reason why I bring up 2018 is because if you took a five-year mortgage, and that's what a lot of people do, they take a five-year term mortgage. Not everybody wants to surf the market with the variables. So if we take a a look at the five-year term mortgage, Then we take a look at the fact that we had a lot of people locking in, which means they're going to have a renewal in 2023. So yes. So is it going to cost them a little bit more? Yes, it is. But if they've paid down their mortgage over the last five years, that means that they're going to renew their mortgage with 15% less mortgage money necessary. So let's take a look at that number. And then we say, look, what else can we do? What else can the bank offer to help us? 30% amortization, sorry, 30 year amortization instead of 25. You know, yeah, it's going to pay off a little bit slower, but it still keeps you in a good position. Let's fast forward for a second and go to 2019. So 2019, probably one of the lowest years in volume as far as transactional real estate. You know, 2019 and 2020, even though that was the beginning of the uptick in the market. These years, we weren't looking at huge volume. You know, the the runaway market, of course, was near the end of 2020, right through 2021, and partially into 2022, where we had huge amounts of volume being traded. So when you take a look at those numbers, these are the kind of things that we need to take a look at and say, okay, great. So if we didn't have very many homes transacting in 2019, that means that those people, their renewal's 2024. So interest rate's going to stay where they are until 2024, they are going to come back down? What about where the biggest volume of transactional real estate has happened, period. Historically was in 2021, 126,000 transactions in the GTA. Guess what those people did? The majority of them locked into incredible rates, sub 2% five year term mortgages. Should they be panicking today if they don't plan on selling? Absolutely not. You know, and by the way, if you do decide to sell and you've got one of those mortgages, why don't you find out if it's assumable? Because quite frankly, there may be people that want to assume that incredible interest rate that you have. So these are all the things that I think that when we take a look at the headlines, and the headlines are pretty darn clear trying to scare and fearmonger us in real estate, I would say, listen, why don't we take a look at it another way? There's a lot of people that don't have to renew their mortgages there's a lot of people that can stay pat they don't have to move anywhere you know the funny thing about the pandemic when it first started in march 2020 you know they said oh yeah the market's going to drop out no people just decided not to sell they decided to stay home they decided not to put their house on the market heck nobody knew what was going on you know with with the virus so they decided not to let anybody in their house made sense did prices truly drop no just volume did you know nobody wanted to go out and buy a house You know, and then all of a sudden it starts to bounce back. People understood, you know, rules, regulations, you know, realtors came to the plate. They followed the rules and regulations the way they should have. And all of a sudden things started to transact. And then we went on one of the biggest tears we've ever seen in real estate. So if we take a look at the big picture and that's really how I want to kind of finish this off, the big picture about real estate, never measure the market by a month or two or six. Okay. That's, that's the worst thing you can do. You're going to give yourself an ulcer. But if you turn around and realize what the real value of real estate, the brick and mortar, the stuff that you're going to have a roof over your head for your family, you know, this is the reason why I say, did the value really drop because the interest rates went up? No. I don't believe it. Not for one second. What I do believe in is that the transactional aspect of it, some of the speculators that came into the market hoping to make a quick profit, guess what? Not going to happen right now. But could it happen in the next couple of years as the market will rebound? Because we know it will. Because there's not a chance that it's going to be able to stay stymied. You know, we've got way too many people that want to owned. We've got way too many people that want to rent. And we just don't have the supply, as I've always said, for the last 10 years here on the show. We need more supply. And guess what? With more people immigrating into Canada, we're going to have less and less supplies. So these are the kind of things that you need to think about when we talk about the real estate market. Anyways, if you want to reach out to me, you can do it at The Simple Investor. And by the way, we're going to be doing some new seminars coming up this fall. I'm really excited with our new studio, our new seminar room. And on top of that, we've got a special release that's going to be coming up. So you can go to the simpleinvestor.com to find out more. And when we come back, I've got Bryn Lackey joining us. So stay with us. We'll be right back after that.
1: And welcome back. As I mentioned just before the break, my guest joining me now, she's no stranger to the show, Bryn Lackey. You know what? You can catch her uh, her column in the Toronto Sun, and I always do. It's great reading, because uh Bryn is also a licensed realtor, and she's living and breathing it. And uh Bren, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks so much.
1: Always a pleasure having you on the show. And I got to tell you, Bryn, since you and I last spoke, obviously, you know, some shifts in the market. Oh, oh yes. I think there's a lot of personality changing, though, you know, and. It's kind of funny, you know, looking at some of the numbers, I think there's some doomsayers out there that are making them worse, and I think some of them are making it better. So maybe you can tell us what's going on in the market right now.
2: Oh, God. Well, I mean, the big, the big answer, the only answer is none of us really know, right? There are a lot of people sort of extrapolating ideas from the numbers and telling us what this means, but right now we're sort of in this sort of hurry up and wait phase where we're all looking at these numbers that are pretty abysmal. I think July numbers were borderline horrifying. You know, I think sales were down by half. I think from there, then we're seeing, um, you know, average sale prices that seem pretty scary. But when you've lost half your volume, I think a few outlier sales can really skew the numbers. So I think, you know, we need to see some activity come back, which I think, you know, typically August is really slow. So, you know, maybe we'll come back in September and we'll see really where we are. But, no, it's it's nothing, nothing, nothing like it was even six months ago and certainly nothing like it was last summer.
1: Brent, I do want to talk to you about some of the numbers, though, that are floating around. And sure. So I think it's important that we do kind of drill down on it. You did touch on six months ago. And when we talk about six months ago, obviously, we were at an industry high in February. You know, and yeah. even, even that number, I don't even think that number should have been considered real in a way because, you know, you and I watched the market almost go up you know, between 5 and 10% in one month. So if you were to take a look at July's number, okay, from mm-hmm. 2021 as far as dollar value, where are we today in comparison to that?
2: I think that we are, this was the first year over year decline we've had. I think the only um, segment that still has a tiny, tiny, um, year over year that's still, you know, in a very small way up year over year, I think is detached in the cent- you know, in central Toronto, but everything else, this is the first year over year decline we're seeing, which I think that really shut up a lot of people who were saying, no, no, market might be shifting, things may be stabilizing, but we're still up year over year. And I think this data really made people say, hold on, even those people have to sort of stop and say, wait, what are we actually looking at here?
1: You know, it's interesting because when when we take a look at the numbers though, and you know, depending on the neighborhood, because there's some some neighborhoods that are still reporting up, then we're seeing you know, a bit of a speed number with some of the numbers going down. Um, one, of, one of the things that we do need to talk about, and you know, I've talked about this in length before, is the rental market. Because oh right, yeah. so rents rents are going through the roof. You know, we have z- almost zero vacancy. Can you give us your, your, your take on what's going on in that part of the market?
2: I can actually, cause I have a really good example. So I have um, a client who is an investor. He owns a triplex in Midtown that I have rented out for the last three summers. So first summer it was COVID, it was crickets. You know, I think it was six weeks or seven weeks and we had a few showings here and there and it was mostly me doing FaceTime showings. Next, you know, the next summer, which was summer 2021, you know, we had probably three or four people who were actually interested. We ended up renting it, you know, again, at least a month on market this time. Oh, and we basically couldn't give it away. You know, we were just trying to hit any number that people would take. This time we listed, I want to say $450 higher than it was last year, which I think, you know, isn't as predatory as it sounds because we had taken a big hit on um, the pandemic summer. But. It listed in sorry at least in two days, and it was wild. So this is something where you can actually see you know a really good point of comparison that the demand is there, and I think the demand is there for a few reasons. I think we do have people coming. Uh, I will say that of the there were four people who applied for this um, particular unit, and three of whom were relocating or coming to Canada in, from international places. It ended up going to some doctors um, who are coming here from Europe, but um, that there's that cohort where I think we've got people coming here. I think we've got students because they're all back in school full time. And then I think we also, and and I don't have any data to support this. This is a theory of mine. I think we're also now looking at the people who cashed out, they moved to Bancroft, they moved to Stony Creek, wherever now they're back in the office. That market is a little bit um, depressed right now. So it's not like they can sell and come back. They're priced out of here. So I think what they're doing is renting where they are or renting out the home they own, their primary residence, and then they're renting back in the city
1: just to come back. So, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've been tracking, and, and it's not that I want to say there's a bit of conspiracy that's happening here, but when we take a look at the federal government, you know, they were really struggling, obviously, with what the market was doing seven, eight months ago going through COVID, you know, low bank rates. You know, then we've got the Bank of Canada, and I think that they've been overly aggressive with their increases. And I know a lot of people are were complaining about inflation, but I do believe that they probably, you know, stepped, stepped beyond their, their their realm, probably a little too aggressive, and potentially we're mm-hmm. at like September again. But here's here's where here's where my conspiracy comes in. And, and, I love and- it. Yes. I wanted to bring it up to you is that so the Bank of Canada and the federal government get together, they make it almost that, you know, they're trying to cool the market in the same breath, they make it even still unaffordable with an interest rate hike. But where the where the where the issue is, is now we've got to take a look at what we were dealing with when we talk about the um, the rental market, because now the people that would naturally defer back to being tenants. You know, now that, that market's going up by 20%, zero vacancy, yeah. you know, we have a complete shortage. What do you think? I mean, does it sound like, you know, they they, they wished for something and it actually backfired?
2: I mean, that would be weird for them, wouldn't it? Um, you know, it's funny because I tend to sound a bit like a conspiracy theorist with this as well. I, In actual fact, what I'm now landing on is that there's just a certain level of ineptitude with all of this. Like, I don't know how it's possible that um, we're not able to see all the moving pieces at the same time. But it seems like the solution to one problem creates a whole new problem in and of itself. When you're looking at interest rates, like P- Wall Street, Bay Street, they were calling for interest rates. They were projecting interest rates, slight increases. For It's been, you know, I think it's been a year now that they've been predicting it. They dug in their heels and didn't do it because they love the success. of, You know, our GDP is, is so bolstered by real estate that the government didn't want to step on that. They didn't want to stop the party. Suddenly they have to because inflation's way out of control. And had they just done a few incremental, you know, adjustments, tinker to the rates, maybe they wouldn't have had to come in with a sledgehammer. And now it's almost like they're being dared to stay the course. Um, I again am wise enough to know that I'm not an economist, and there are moving parts and pieces that I, I sh- cannot nor should not speak to. But when you look at it, it's like did nobody see this coming? If you have an entire cohort of people who can who are now priced out, who are now no longer able to. Buy into the market, making it so that you know interest rates are also going to delay new projects. They're going to delay new housing. They're going to make it so that uh, landlords can't carry these properties, so they're unloading them. Like I think there's a whole um, sort of tsunami of things happening all at once, and it's all things that the government, in theory, should have seen coming. Yeah, I think
1: I think when they do moves like this, I just like you said, they should have seen it coming, but they, for some reason, they still went ahead anyways. And I think now they're, they're just basically going to expect the public to absorb, adjust, and basically take it on the chin. And I think that that's a really bad approach, especially in the given times that we've got. Yeah.
2: Well, and I, th- I read somewhere that you know the government decided to prop up the property values of the boomers. They decided that they were going to ensure that one demographic, um, their interests were secure at the expense of another. And, you know, sometimes I think that that conversation of, you know, the, the, the battle between generations, I don't think that's a productive conversation, but in a way, if you look like they were so worried about the boomers or essentially the homeowners, but largely it's the boomers who have these big properties that they bought for, you know, $150,000 that are now worth 2 million. Um, they didn't want to do that, make them angry. And now there's an entire generation of people who are just going to be renting. Forever, You know, now households need, I just read 64% of their income on average to cover their mortgage costs. Like, how does that work? Like, how does this get better from here? And with more rate hikes, I just don't see how in the absence of someone coming out and saying, hold on, we've thought of this let us tell you what we see. How does this get better? Because unintended consequences seem to be the rule here.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see it getting better. And, you know, as I always say, careful what you wish for, because I think it's kind of backfired on everybody. So, listen, Bryn, always a pleasure having you join us. Thanks once again. look forward to having you on. Hopefully, you know, we'll talk just after the next Bank of Canada meeting and we can see where we're at then. So, once again, thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. So, folks, that's Bryn Lackey, And uh, when we come back, I've got Dave Butler joining us. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Uh, Just so you know, uh, I might be sounding a little bit remote today because that's that's the fact. I am remote and uh, not using my usual studio. So uh, hopefully everybody can handle the... uh, a little difference in the sound of the show, but you know what? The content's there definitely with Bryn Lackey joining us now, of course, as I mentioned just before the break, from BM Select would be none other than Dave Butler. And Dave, welcome back to the
3: show. Thanks very much, Todd. I appreciate it, as always.
1: So, Dave, uh, you know, I, I need to get on top of this with you. You know, I just had a conversation with Bryn about the marketplace. You know, one of, the, one of the, my concerns, of course, is when people start talking numbers and they say huge differences, you know, when we talk about, you know, difference from last year, you know, what the market's doing. A lot of a lot of the conversation though is around volume. You know, yeah, we are seeing a little bit of difference in some pricing. So maybe you could tell us what is going on and then you and I'll talk about the Bank of Canada.
3: Yeah, I mean what we're what we're seeing on our end is uh You know, certainly units are down. Um, We've I've been analyzing our July and our August and our upcoming September numbers. Definitely, units are down. Um, You know, certainly from a mortgage standpoint, you know there's a lot more people looking to do renewals, uh, looking to do refinances. So that's kind of changed in terms of looking at comparisons to last year and this year. But I would definitely say that it looks like units are down. But as far as price goes, we're getting appraisals back. We're starting to notice. Some appraisals are starting to level off, meaning we were seeing some real you know interesting action on appraisals not matching for the past couple of months. We're starting to see the market absorb the newer type of prices, but again, you know and to your point, um I agree, I mean there's a lot of information out there being shared. they're talking about you know down this, down that, thirty percent forty percent um that's in units that's not in price uh, you know obviously from a pricing aspect, you know we've seen a little bit of a dip, but we haven't seen anything absolutely major right now. And if anything, you know, it's interesting to note that there are a lot of investors. And as you know, we work, you know, like your firm, we work with a lot of investors. Um, There's a lot of investors that are taking this opportunity of this slight dip in prices to really um, maximize and, you know, kind of throw some more uh, irons on the fire of their uh, real estate portfolios. And um, we're seeing a lot of investors really coming out of the woodwork and really using this as a time to survey the market you know, look at what rates might be and what they may be in the future, and really start to assess their situation. Well, you know, it's interesting, Dave,
1: because you know, you and I obviously uh, we do some work together. We've talked, you know, on air about that. And you know, when I take a look at what's happening in the marketplace, and I brought this up to to bring, it was you know, the federal government was you know scrambling because they thought that the market was overheated. You know, we took a look at. You know what? What they were trying to do to cool the market, you know, whatever they could implement. You know, all of a sudden you get the Bank of Canada. They seem to they seem to stretch farther than we were told. You know, when the economists were coming in telling us, you know, quarter point, half point, you know, gentle landing, seems like they, you know, they got the big Thor mallet out and decided that they want to beat us up a little bit quicker than we had anticipated, and th- th- there seems to be a little bit of a whiplash effect because. You know the affordability is still not there for people to buy, yeah, prices may come off a little, but with increased interest rates it 's not making it that much easier, but on top of that, the rental market itself is so heated right now that you know you're running virtually zero vacancy throughout the country, and at the same time we've got a whole lot of pressure on the on the rental rates.
3: Yeah, you know, what's really interesting about this is I was trying to explain this to a couple of my colleagues the other day. I mean, you know, they're asking, why is the rental market so heated? And I mean, at the end of the day, we haven't done anything to the supply demand issue that we still have here in Canada with respect to housing. Um, We've got effectively a pie, if you will, of real estate in Canada. And out of that pie, some of the people that were looking to buy a home are now deciding that the affordability is not there and they're not going to do it. But that didn't shift the fact that they have to live somewhere. And obviously, that explains the craziness in the rental markets. It makes sense to me from an economic standpoint. Um, and again, you know, we've talked about this on the show. I'm sure the listeners are, are sick of hearing me say it. But until the supply-demand imbalance gets looked at, Um, You know, you want to keep adding 400, 500,000 new immigrants to the country every year, but yet you don't have the housing. The new housing starts to keep up with those numbers. It's just a recipe for disaster. And then throw in the Bank of Canada deciding, you know, and not only that, I mean, let's go back and talk about Tiff Macklin. You know, he made a very public statement in 2021 that interest rates would not be rising until 2023, that Canadians could feel safe knowing this. And then all of a sudden in 2022, on the back of high inflation, they're basically doing some of the biggest increases that I've ever seen. I mean, being in the mortgage business for 20 years, the biggest increase I ever saw of the prime rate was 0.25. We saw some bigger decreases, but biggest increase 0.25. Now we're going 0.5, 0.75, 0.1%. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if they know what they're doing at this point. And I don't know if they know, you know, really the objective here, but certainly they've put a bit of a pause on first-time buyers, you know, not being able to buy homes and, um, you know, unfortunately, if they think they're trying to fix, you know, something to do with investors buying homes, all they're doing is actually going to create a bigger disparity between first time buyers and investors. So this market's in a bit of a flux at the moment, but you know, it, it, there is some activity, which is very interesting to me.
1: You know, one of the things that you, and you touched on this is, you know, obviously new immigrants and inventory, but you know, here's, here's my take on it right now. We're seeing extensions and cancellations of new construction, new builds, this, a lot of this product was already pre-sold. People had already taken into account that they were going to be buying a brand new condo as their first property. They are now being told, sorry, we're canceling this development. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, and, and of course, because of the cost of borrowing, this make it a little bit harder for the developers. And I know a lot of people think developers just you know, are able to print money. It doesn't always work that way, not with the trade supply chain and everything else. And, you know, as I say, if we're if we're going to keep affecting the supply at different ends, there's really not going to be a solution here. I think they're actually digging a deeper grave for homeownership.
3: Uh, I agree. Uh, <laughs> you know, you and I are on the supply-demand uh, argument all the time, and we've been on the same side for a long time, for many years. I mean, uh, and as we're seeing, and, and, and you're pointing out, and yeah, there's, there's just – And this is also adding, you know, what you what you pointed out is also adding some fuel to the fire of of rentals because these people that are being canceled on are now deciding, well, then I'm not going to get in the purchase market, you know, and I'm going to go look for something different in the rental market, something long term that my family can stay in. And it's just obviously causing a lot of action in there. But yeah, I mean, you know, the reality is this. And I I think I said this on on one of the last shows. I think if you can get the five year fixed back down to about three point eight, nine percent or lower, I think you bring back a market. And I don't know if Canadians realize how close we are. Certainly, the bond yield market is where the fixed rates come from. And it has been kind of going in the opposite direction as the Bank of Canada's moves, uh, possibly pricing in a recession and possibly pricing in the Bank of Canada having to pivot on interest rates at some point in 2023. Um, And I really think that that's where we find an equilibrium in this market is with fixed rates under 4%. The Bank of Canada is going to do their thing. And I think at this point, you know, we know the direction they're going. They're not going to make it easy for people wanting variable rates to get mortgages. But certainly with the the saving grace, maybe with the fixed rates coming down at some point, maybe later this year or maybe going into 2023. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this as well. 2018. We had a very, very, I believe, healthy market coming off the back of some craziness in 16 and 17. And interest rates for the five-year fix were 3.89, 3.99 and approaching over 4%. Um, we still had a very healthy market. There were still financing conditions on offers, things, there was good activity. So um, interesting to note that, you know, I think really, you know, Canadian real estate has come down to if you can keep five-year fixed rates or if you can keep interest rates in and around the 4%, you know, or lower range, you got a pretty healthy market. But that's because of the supply-demand imbalance. Had we not had this, possibly we could our market and our, our, our Canadian housing could absorb slightly higher rates than what it's taken. Yeah. And I think I think that's
1: all a good points. You know, one of the
3: things, Dave, that you and I have to have discussions on kind of on a regular basis
1: is what the next step will be. And of course, coming in September. You know, we know there's another Bank of Canada meeting. Can you give us just like a just a brief, you know, take on what you think
3: they're going to end up doing? Yeah, I mean, as 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 brief as I can be, I think we're going up. Uh, you know, the number is, you know, how much we're going up is obviously the question. Uh, The Bank of Canada has been doing some unprecedented moves, some unpriced in moves, as they would say. Um, I definitely think we're going up. So September 7th, I would expect a minimum of a 0.5 increase to the prime rate and as high as 1%. They have shown that they have this ability to make some real big bazooka moves. Um, So we will see what happens. But I definitely think Canadians should brace for an increase in variable rates Uh, For those that are on variable rates, brace for it. If your payment doesn't change, that's fantastic. Um, But ultimately, I think really the key is going to be the final two meetings. You've got one in October and you've got one in December. Um, It will be very interesting to see how they end the year. Um, That's going to really be some telltale signs going into the 2023 year. And also, um, we'll get a lot of language. I think we really need to pay attention not so much to what the rate increase is going to be, but to that language in their summary. Um, that's going to give us a really good indication of where things are going.
1: Well, as usual, Dave, thanks so much for joining me. Always appreciate it. Um, and uh, you know what, folks, when we come back, I've got Benjamin Tall joining me. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
0: And welcome back. As I mentioned just before the break, my next guest joining me, he's no stranger to the show, but definitely the gentleman I would like to talk to about um, with what's going on with the Interest Rates, Bank of Canada, the economy. Uh, So Benjamin Tall, he is the Deputy Chief Economist at CIBC World Markets. And Mr. Tall, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Always a pleasure having you on, sir. And and I got to tell you, I've been really waiting to have a a good conversation with you because uh, the last time you and I spoke back in the spring, you know, we had anticipated a little bit of a slow interest rise seems like the Bank of Canada has come out uh, swinging a lot more than we first thought. So maybe you can enlighten our listeners where we are today and what we can anticipate in the future.
4: Yes, the hope was that the Bank of Canada will start early and go slowly. Unfortunately, the Bank of Canada started late and go very quickly. Uh, and I think that that's something that uh, will continue to be the case. I think that uh, over the next, uh, in September, we'll see another 75 basis point increase uh, by the Bank of Canada. The Fed will go by another 100 basis points. And the reason why they are so militant is because of the fact that the inflation has been more sticky than expected. Clearly 65% of uh, inflation that we are seeing is supply chain. The Russia situation complicated the situation, of course. And therefore, the Bank of Canada, in order to prevent a situation in which um, inflation expectations start rising, is uh, trying to convince us that they mean business. The only way to do it is not by telling us that that's the case, but actually showing us, and that's why they are raising interest rates so aggressively. Yeah. So, Mr. Tall, you and I have
0: talked about, you know, two styles of mortgages, which our listeners normally look at, the variable rate mortgage and fixed rate mortgages, you know, one based on the Bank of Canada, the other based on the bond market. You know, we've seen, you know, in in past history, there have been times where the actual, you know, fixed rate mortgages actually can be, sought after at a little better deal than the the Bank of Canada when we take a look at the variables. You know, are we going to come into that in the future? Will the bond rates get affected? So perhaps we're going to look at longer term money being a better solution than short term?
4: Well, it depends where you are in the cycle. At this point, uh, we see a situation in which uh, the long end of the curve, namely the five-year rate, the 10-year rates, rates are actually starting to go down while of course the Bank of Canada will continue to raise the bank rate and therefore the prime rate will continue to rise. So we have seen an inverted yield curve in which uh, short-term interest rates are higher than long-term interest rates. And in fact, they will be more inverted. Why? Because the market at this point is uh, really uh, looking at the situation in which the Bank of Canada in fact will cut cut interest rates in 2023. If that's the case, then the situation will become even more inverted because we believe that the bank of canada actually will not do so why because inflation will be more sticky than perceived and therefore the bank of canada will go to let's say 325 three and a half and stay there for the duration of 2023 and i think that the market is wrong expecting a significant uh, cut in interest rates in 2023 so that's the disconnect and therefore i think that you will see the five-year rate actually going down while the prime rate remaining modest where it is after the next move
0: so we've been watching a lot of reports obviously over the last few months regarding the market itself and the reduction of the number of units being sold in fact some of the reports coming out from some of the lenders you know up to 40 percent reduction year over year in volume we are starting to see some pressure on the prices so we could see some of these come down My 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 concern is how the reporting is being done because a lot of times people will go to the market saying you know, the market has fallen by 40%. Will this create a little bit more of a downward pressure on the pricing when when we hear reports like
4: this? Yes, absolutely. But you know what? There is nothing wrong with the prices going down at this point. We have to remember that uh, during COVID, the prices went up by 48%. This is not normal. So what we have seen is the situation in which uh, because of the fact that interest rates were so low and people still, still kept their job, We had a situation in which there was an urgency to get into the market, so people front-loaded activity, people borrowed activity from the future, and the future has arrived. So what we're seeing now is basically reallocation of activity over time. This is not a correction. After you have 48% increase in prices, you need prices to go down, otherwise we are in a major bubble. So I welcome this decline in prices. I believe they will continue to go down, and that's quite frankly a good thing. However, if you believe that this is a major correction that will take us back 10 years, I think that you are wrong. In fact, the opposite is the case. We see a significant uh, trend in which uh, developers are canceling or delaying projects because of construction costs and uh, basically they're not making money on those projects. So two years from now, when we all wake up and the consumer is back, household spending is back, and clearly the housing market is back, the demand will be there because we still get all those new immigrants But the supply that should be built now is not going to be available. Guess what will happen to prices? But in between, this is a very, very healthy correction I welcome. So
0: you and I actually spoke, and I remember the conversation back in 2017, we we, we had talked about a blip in the market. And this was that uh, incredible rise that uh, people felt in February and March of 2017. You know, I would say that this may be a little bit reminiscent of it. In 2022, we had February probably one of the greatest, uh, increases in a month ever when, you know, some markets place, uh, went up as high as 5% and we called it a blip because it was just, you know, this craziness, as you said, you know, you kind of running out of, running out of fuel. Could we look at that? Because right now everybody is using that as the benchmark price that everybody's comparing it to. They always take that height. But isn't it a bit of a blip when we look at it
4: that way? Yes, I don't think you can compare 2017-18 to the current situation. The direction is the same, but the magnitude is much more significant. Uh, Back then, remember, we raised interest rates to 175 and call it a day. Here we're talking about more than double that. So this is not even close to what we have seen, but the direction is the same. And if you remember back then, low rise basically froze and we saw prices starting to go down and i rise did a little bit better that's exactly what i expect to see now and that's exactly what's happening but uh, this is this correction if you wish or an adjustment to the market is not over and i think that uh, look at the magnitude don't compare it to 2017 it's simply not the same right so now
0: you and i have talked about immigration in the past you know canada continues to allow more new immigrants We've talked about the supply chain. Of course, it's fairly tight. We're now taking a look at the rent rates. Uh, very, very low inventory for people that want to rent, and we're starting to see upward pressure on the rental rates. In fact, quite significantly. You know, so it's almost counterproductive for some of the things that are going on because now we're forcing people that are renting up into a higher, you know, a higher price point.
4: Yes, I'm very concerned about it. That's something that we have been talking about for a long period of time. We simply don't have enough supply. Of rental units and now with people not getting into the housing market to buy there are more rentals the demand is there we have new immigrants we have foreign students we have non permanent residents we have a huge increase in the number of people looking for rental uh, units and we simply don't have enough supply and as I said it as I said it will become worse because a lot of projects are being cancelled many of them were designed to be rental units so this is something that worries me a lot uh, rent inflation is rising very very um, rapidly. And the only solution to this is simply to build more. We need a strategy to make sure that we simply have more units available for rental. At this point, this market is very, very tight.
0: And, and you know, I don't think this is a short-term fix, and that's the problem. So I think, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we're going to feel a little bit of pain in the, the ownership market, but I think we're going to feel a little bit of pain in the rental market for a little while. Um, you know, the one thing I've observed is that people that are currently renting, uh, they seem to be becoming a little bit better tenants. In other words, they don't want to be removed because of non-payment of rent. You know, uh, being a landlord, we've recognized this. And, you know, again, this is, this is that marketplace that I think that we need to be very mindful of because there is such a mass shortage here in Canada.
4: Absolutely. Now, remember that many of those uh, renters are under the protection of rent control, and therefore uh, they are protected to an extent, and that's why that's limiting the, the inflation in rent. Otherwise, it will have been double. However, uh, I think that the new wave of uh, renters uh, will require something different. They will not be happy just with condos. They need apartment buildings. They, mean, they need purpose-built, because uh, if rental is going to be long-term, You need to work with a company as opposed to a landlord in order to introduce stability to your situation. And that's what I'm pushing for. I would like to see more purpose-built being built in this country. This is the rental solution that we all need for the affordability crisis. And as you suggested, this is a long-term approach, but we need to start. And in my opinion, we are going the other
0: way. Right. Well, Mr. Tall, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, and I thank you once again for joining me. I look forward to chatting with you perhaps in the fall so we can get another update. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Excellent. Thank you very much. Folks, that's Benjamin Tall, and he is the Deputy Chief Economist at CIBC World Markets. Once again, it's amazing how fast an hour goes by. I do want to thank Bryn Lackey for joining me, Dave Butler, and Benjamin Tall. Great guests this week. And again, keeping our eye on what's happening in the real estate market know, getting it from all angles. So I think it's really important that we can do that. Um, Also, I'd like to thank Ian Grant, my producer. He keeps it simple for me every single week. And most importantly, I want to thank you for making us the number one real estate talk show. Of course, I'll be back next Sunday as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.